We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded and produced, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded and this area's original name was Nam. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. You're listening to You Watched What? I'm Kate. And I'm Amy. This week, we are doing something a little different. Instead of covering a movie like normal, we're going to have a bit of a chat about what's going on at the moment, and then we're going to give you some of our favourite moments from our first year of making the podcast. Woo-woo! This is definitely not at all because Amy hasn't seen the movie yet because she's um, been stuck at home with COVID. I I have seen, I have watched the movie and I have done (gasps) all my notes. I did it before the COVID crisis hit. Oh, well, it kind of, yeah, I I had to watch it in two sittings, but we'll get into that in another, uh, that's for another time. We'll talk about that when we get to Hot Fuzz in a fortnight. Yes. (laughs) And we will, I promise you, we will we get will to Hot get Fuzz there. in a fortnight. We will. And if if that means I have to watch it again, so be it. Yeah, I I'll, think I'll, I'll probably have to it. do a refresher, but that's okay. Yeah, I'm not sad about it. No. <laughs> at all. How have you been, Amy? It's the first time in a while I'll get to rip out the What's Wrong With Amy theme. Yeah, I know. I've been pretty good, haven't I, until right now. What's wrong with Amy? What's wrong with Amy? What's wrong with Amy this week? What's wrong with Amy? What's wrong with Amy? What's wrong with Amy this week? So Miss Rona came to visit our house. Um, <laughs> it's wiped us all out. We've all we all got Aww. it all in one hit though. So that's like the co- only kind of blessing that we can get in. In having, yeah, oh, like in having all of this, is it? It's not going to go on for weeks and then weeks, and everyone true. gets better than someone else catches it. So we're kind of yeah. blessed in that way. But yeah, it's it's not been a fun time. We've all caught it in. I've got the whole myriad of um, what it's like. We've had one that's you know felt a little bit nauseous for two days on and off, and that was it. And she's been right as rain since. And um, we've had others with snot and headaches and we've had temperatures. We've had the whole range. The whole range has happened. Um, Lovely. It's not been fun. But, you know, we did our best to avoid it. But it came from school and there's not much you can avoid when you're sending your kids to school. So... No. It was our our time. It was our time, Kate. Yeah. (laughs) At least you were vaccinated. The kids had had their first shot. You'd done yeah. everything you could yeah. on that front. So that's great. It's all right. Yeah, we've gotten through it. We're technically out of isolation. So we're doing this remotely still though, but we're technically out of isolation, but we've still kind of stayed in the last few days because we're still not a couple of, well, me particularly, um, I've still got a bit of a cough. So I'm just kind of... Mm. holding back a little bit before we enter the big bad wide world again I'd hate to pass anything on if I still was a little bit contagious 
Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's good. Now, I do have a little bit of a story for you that uh, happened to me oh, a good week, I think a good week or so before we got struck down. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a story about Is this about a, a classic, my, a, what was wrong with Amy? <laughs> it is a classic one and it's to do with my, my sinuses, which we know is quite the issue for me. Um, mm, mm. You know, and especially in the recent times, we all know that within the last year or so, I've started snorting and when I laugh and <laughs> and it seems to be getting worse. I'm sure you can attest to that, that my snorting has upped its game in the last couple of months even. <laughs> it's louder. Yeah, and it's more it's way louder now. And yeah. It's, Love it. And like I seriously never snorted when I laughed until about a year ago. So, Yeah. Who knows what's going up in my nose? This might give us some insight. Who, Like I said, who knows what's <laughs> up in my nose? Because get this. So a few weeks ago, we were having our spaghetti and meatballs, which we do on a Monday night because I have a few um, little friends over on Monday nights that I feed dinner before we head off to dancing. So that's a good big batch meal that you can make. So we're eating our spaghetti and meatballs and I start, I had a bit of a a tickle in my throat. What was it? It was well before this happened. So it had nothing to do with COVID, but I had a bit of a a cough while I I like put some in my mouth and I had a bit of a cough. Continue eating. A few minutes later, I start sneezing. That's not that unusual for me. It's hay fever time, as you Uh said. So yes. I go to the pantry, I get a tissue and I blow my nose and I blow my nose and a big long piece of spaghetti comes flying out my nose. Ew. Yeah. This has never happened to me before, <laughs> although the, in my memory, but when I relayed this story to our mother, she she swears that spaghetti has come flying out of my nose in the past <laughs> when I was little. But I have no memory of that. So I was like, oh, my <laughs> God, this spaghetti has just flown out of my nose. Um, and then so I go back to eating. A couple <laughs> minutes later, I start sneezing again. So I go and blow my nose again. And a tiny bit of spaghetti comes out, like just like tiny, not not a couple of millimetres worth of like a piece of spaghetti. And then I was a bit like wow, that's weird. I start having a bit of a laugh with mm-hmm. my husband about it. Like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. And then a few minutes later, I start sneezing again. And I go, oh, my God. If more spaghetti comes out of my nose, what the hell is going on? What What's happened? So I go and blow my nose. And sure enough, <laughs> some more spaghetti comes out. And this time it's bigger again. And I was like, okay. Now, I'm prone to sinus infections, so I'm not fucking around here. I was like, okay, (laughs) I need to do a nasal flush right now because if Mm -hmm. anything is left up my nose, I am going to get an infection and it's going to be hell. So I organise that. I go off. I do a nasal flush. Some more pasta comes out and I go, okay. I'm going to do another one because I'm going to keep flushing until I get like nothing comes out of my nose. So I do another flush. Nothing came out until the very end. This tiny little bit of like looked like 
pasta sauce. And I was like, well, that's weird because there hasn't been any pasta sauce situation when I've been <laughs> blowing my nose. So I go, okay, just going to do one more for good measure. Now brace yourself, guys. I do this flush and then I feel something in my nostril. So I push down on my other nostril and do the big, you know, the um, swagman's handkerchief kind of. And out of my nose shoots about a quarter of a meatball. (laughs) A meatball. Part of a meatball came flying out of my nose into my bathroom sink. How? How did it? How did it all get up there? I have no How idea. How did it all get up there? I don't feel like I in- – this is the baffling thing. I don't feel like I inhaled. I feel like Half I – Half of your meal? I feel like I coughed, which is an outwards action, not an yes. inwards action. And I couldn't no. feel – and the, the alarming thing is I could not feel anything up in my sinus. Like – and it was big. It was big. Yeah. Um, so then I did about three more nasal flushes after that because I was like, oh, my God. And then later that night I did another one. So the next day my poor sinuses were like stripped from saline flushes. Um, and spaghetti. And spaghetti. Oh, and spaghetti. But then it just kind of traumatised me because I was just like, how many times, how many times have I had things up my nose that I haven't known about? <laughs> because you can't feel it. Clearly, your sneeze response is very good because your body yeah. just immediately went, let's sneeze out as much of this spaghetti as possible. Yeah, so but who I'd, knows how it got in there, I'd but your body sneezing. was trying to get it out. <laughs> well, Sean just said to me, he goes, surely like it would have just slid out at some point. I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Like I'd just be standing there the next day and some meatball just slides out of my nose. <laughs> It doesn't bear thinking about, does it? Oh, it's pretty gross, huh? It's pretty gross. Congratulations, Amy. Mm, thanks. I've survived spaghetti and meatballs. I have had them since and I did with no, you know, incidents. So it's okay. It hasn't turned Very me off. Very happy to hear it. Very <laughs> happy to hear that. Yeah. So the Oscars were last night mm-hmm. and we had a bit of a catch up and a chat Yesterday, before yep. I yesterday before I'd watched the Oscars, but when I'd seen you know the exciting part that everyone's talking about, but we thought we'd catch up tonight and have a chat now that we've both seen the whole ceremony, and yes. being Australians, the whole unedited feed of the ceremony. Yeah, and, and I got to see it in real time. That part, Amy got to see so it in real time because I, I was the working. actual confusion. I went through all the emotions. <sighs> I got off my phone because I was in a meeting when the, you know, exciting, you know, the slap happened and I got off my, I got out of a meeting, it's a Zoom meeting, I'm at home, but you know, I was working all day and I was just getting texts from you and our sister and my friends about Oscars updates and I was going to watch it that evening. Get off my meeting on Zoom and I look at my phone and there are 17 or 18 messages in the sister's chat and I'm thinking, something terrible's happened, but no, it was just the most exciting event that's ever happened at the Oscars. Well, it was pretty ever. terrible. Something terrible did happen. I know, but I thought it was like 
the time when you did a video call and it was because we thought our dad was having a stroke. A stroke. Spoiler alert, <laughs> he actually had amnesia. We thought it was a stroke, but it was amnesia. But I was like, I see <laughs> the messages that and then I'm like. need amnesia, not even well, normal he, amnesia. The, no, the exciting amnesia. But I was like, did someone's, you know, is someone's dog really hurt? You know, like that level of oh. did Bessie get hit by a car kind of worry. Only for a second and then I Don't unlocked bring my Bessie phone. Into this. <laughs> and then I unlocked my phone and looked at the messages. So only for a second well, I just thought something bad had happened and I'm like leveling it for you. A, a, a dog getting hurt, I feel, would be like we would yeah, that's text. Worse. You wouldn't necessarily phone me, but it would be terrible and I'd be very upset. So this happened and I'm like, well, I'm not personally upset. And now that I've had more than a day to, you know, come to terms with this exciting piece of world news. all of the TikToks from all of the creators. Many memes, many, many memes, uh, too many memes, many hot takes on Twitter and watching the whole ceremony. Like my, okay, so my opinion about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock is now no one cares what my opinion is and it doesn't matter Mm. I just think that he probably should have saved it for not in the telecast yeah I don't think he should have done it in the telecast I'm not going to pass an opinion of whether or not he should have done it and I don't think it was a good joke no it wasn't it wasn't a good joke it was There's ableist, so but it also many... wasn't It wasn't that funny. There were so many bad jokes. No, when I first saw it, though, it seemed to me, it seemed like an on-the-fly kind of joke. I thought in general, like, all of the scripting was pretty average. Multiple, and I know they rehearsed. Multiple oh. presenters flubbed their uh, delivery or got confused. But this like, happens it didn't feel every slick. year. True. But this happens every year. I thought it was... True. Personally, I thought it was up to scratch normal Oscars standard. I don't think it was any worse yeah. or any better no, than any other probably, Oscars. You're probably right. Oh, it was better than the one that um, James Franco and Anne Hathaway hosted. That that has nothing to do with Anne Hathaway. She worked her butt off <laughs> no. and he was just like, I don't feel like this is cool anymore and just like coasted and he was useless and she tried so hard and it was a mismatch. And Anyway... I think you're right. I think actually I'm just kind of critical that the Oscars telecast is not actually very good. It's not never good. You don't no, watch it's it. It's never for quality. Every no, I watch year, it in the hope that there'll be drama the and this year time, did deliver. The only time it's kind of kind of the jokes are better is when Ricky Gervais But is he hosting. never hosted did oh, he, he, Oscar, he was Golden Globes. Golden Globes, isn't he? Yeah. So it was interesting getting to watch the whole show. I mean, okay, there are a couple of bits of us ordered, but watching it all knowing who wins everything and that Will Smith is going to get up at the start of the documentary presentation and slap Chris oh, Rock. Oh, poor Questlove. Let's just say I poor know. Questlove. Yes. And then, and then did you see when Questlove got I'm up? I watched that documentary, yeah. Will Smith pretty much accosted him and he had Questlove then had to hug Will Smith in an awkward awkward way mm. and then get on stage it really like will, it overshadowed Questlove's moment yeah, which was will Smith really unfair sat down for that yeah. part like don't you've already disrupted this category and yeah. then when the announcements happen just step back and don't inject yourself into that actual moment yeah 
That is, it's a real shame for Questlove. Yeah. And his it was. It co-producers. Kind of really, yeah, it really, oh. And then you've got Chris Rock in the background. <laughs> you can see bit, at the, in the background of that. He's startled. And it's the point where he, there's a point where he just kind of goes, it did that just really happen? When it, I think it hits him mm, in the middle of, of finally the hits him. Just staring off, going, "What the hell just happened?" Because yeah, yeah, it was unexpected. It was mm-hmm. it was definitely the most exciting thing? So I'm on Twitter. I don't think you're on Twitter. I've seen a few. Well, okay, so there's a few people on Twitter who are like, "It's the worst thing that's ever happened at the Oscars." It's like, okay, fuck off. Um, it's not. Whatever. The Oscars used Why? to... Why? What do you think is the worst thing that's ever happened? What's your opinion when, on the worst when thing? When they didn't let black people be in it and then the first black person yes. who got nominated had to sit in a had separate room. Had to sit room. outside. Yeah. Yes. That's worse. Um, mm-hmm. And people talking about, oh, they're going to investigate and take it off him, which yesterday I was like, no, no, no. And I don't know if that's... If the chatter around that is valid or not. But the number, frankly, of actual sex offenders who've been um, mm. charged and who've been charged and successfully prosecuted who mm. still have Oscars. Yeah. No, you they have to unfortunately kind of taking like taking them off everyone if that's the case. But I guess they yeah. kind of get around that in a way they're like, yeah, but we that's something that actually happened at the ceremony is ha- the loophole that they will find. If they if they want Possibly. to take it off him, if they want find to the loophole of but this happened in front of us in on the tele, like on the telecast. Yeah. Actually, at the ceremony, there was violence brought into the ceremony, rather than mm. oh, we can turn a blind eye to the violence that happens at home. Looking at it from a completely mercenary view, I don't think they should take it off him, even though it happened at the ceremony, because this is the best thing that's happened for people watching the Oscars in years. Yeah, decades. Everybody's going to watch it next year. Mm. Whoever they get to host, and I feel like I'm going to make a prediction, they'll get someone who's very slightly edgy, someone who can crack a couple of jokes about it, but then be (laughs) fairly inoffensive after that. Mm. This is actually got more people talking and caring about the Oscars than since when they messed up the announcement yeah. of look, Moonlight. And since before then, I don't even know. Mm, look, my husband, this is the most he's ever shown any interest in any kind of pop culture ever in his life. Yeah, he was true. sending me round um, Red Table Talk snippets this morning going, why oh my would goodness. you publicly say this? Like, what? Yeah. What? And I'm fascinated about what's going to happen next because yeah, I want to I want to see what this investigation entails. Like, because really, the Academy I've never had. I don't think the Academy's ever really had much credibility on what movies they choose to put up, who they vote and I to think win it's an incredibly everything. so. Yeah, I'm really no. interested to see wh- like, how they do an investigation. <laughs> there are no rules about voting. Like, like investigate, and like, they have you don't have to watch the movie. Apparently. Oh, I'm like, sure they we're, do. We're going to go through our bylaws. I'm like, oh my god, you've got bylaws? Like you're your own little town. I also think after what it's like five or six years, maybe seven years since Oscar's so white, and things haven't improved that much. Mm. I think it would be an incredibly bad yes. look to oh, take an yes. Oscar away from a black man. I think, 
I don't think they just should. I don't like. I don't think that's the reason they shouldn't. I just think they shouldn't. Um, because ultimately, I don't. I don't think. Well, I think then he it opens it. a can. It, it opens, opens a, a massive can, can of, of worms. Worms, and it's an acting award. I mean, if it wasn't televised, would they take it off him for that? Probably not. No one would. No, really it's care. because it's because it it looks shameful. It's brought shame yeah. on the academy. Basically, has it? Or well, has I'm sure there that ge- some people would think that, and probably I think some people are probably loving the pub. There's probably two split camps in the academy right now. I reckon where some people would be loving the publicity and going, "This is like regen, like revitalised people's interest in the Oscars. Yeah. This is gr- kind of no PR, no publicity is bad publicity kind of yeah. people." And then there would be the old school people that are just like. Shame, 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 <laughs> shame, shame. And do you like a yeah. shame circle? Like yeah. in- <laughs> I personally think that just in general there have been so many more shameful decisions that they've made that it's like, nah. Yeah, Casey, Casey Affleck for one. Yes, exactly. And that's it. If you say, oh, Will Smith um, did this at, a, at the ceremony and we're going to take his Oscar, yeah. you open the conversation for people to really start criticising them why, for everyone who's did, kept their why Oscars. Why did you let him like, win? Why did – yeah. But yeah, you haven't taken any of Harvey Weinstein's kind of away. Oh, and it open, and that's ridiculous. the thing. It opens the door to people really criticising them in a way that they have barely bettered down. So – but this should be a good just from that perspective. Them, I don't think where they, they will. should start moving forward with yeah. looking into who they nominate. Don't let people who have been convicted of but if of they, crimes and things be nominated. If but they the want thing to, is, none of those people want to clear this ve- up. Very few of those people had ever been uh, even accused of a crime. Woody Allen yeah, has never true. been charged with a crime for his crimes. Harvey Weinstein, it was an open secret in Hollywood, but he all won all of those Oscars while his um, record was squeaky clean. Roman Polanski, totally different story. Um, he fled the US and is basically just on the run from the law and they just keep giving him Oscars. So the thing is they've actively yeah. given people Oscars while they know that they're guilty of crimes. They don't care. They can't open mean. that door. So, so now is their time maybe to do better? It is probably a good time for them to do that better. They will. I'm no, not they definitely that they won't. Will. No, I'm they won't. That maybe this is their time yeah. that, that someone should should look at that. What else? Well, I didn't really like any of it to be honest. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I liked seeing Jake Gyllenhaal's face. That's what I liked, and that was pretty much all I liked about. The Oscars. I find them. I, I find them entertaining to watch, but I wouldn't sit there and saying, "Oh, that was great." Do you know what was an atrocity though? <laughs> what was a complete crime? I can't even and guess. I have I no idea. I had three children who yelled at me and were very upset. The fucking remix they did of "We Don't Talk About Bruno" <laughs> with Megan the Stallion. What the the fuck? Kids watching it just wanted to sing the words to We Don't Talk About Bruno. We don't need some mix-up kind of rap about the Oscars in the middle of We Don't Talk About Bruno. The Oscars don't care about what you want as an audience member, children or adults. Oh, it was terrible. I mean, 
terrible. All of the other performances of the songs were like good, at, at a minimum oh, good, and and really one good, of them yeah. was Beyonce, and then that one was like, yeah. okay, we're, we're definitely doing been, a thing, but this song wasn't nominated. Really good. It would have been really good if it was just they kept it as we don't talk about yeah. Bruno. Because quite frankly, that song should have been nominated. Yeah, I'm fascinated by the decision. It should have been nominated. I'm fascinated by why they picked the song they picked and not this one. And I think they had because to pick it. Because it was classical and I yeah. think they thought that that one would have a better chance yeah. of winning at, with with con- at a contemporary level, and I believe that the decision um, got made their before the movie came out. Yeah, before before we don't talk about Bruno went like bonkers yeah. and has been downloaded the most yeah. amount of times of any Disney song. In I the do world, find like, it ever. really interesting that <coughs> the people creating the art will maybe know that they're onto a really good thing, but they have no idea how the audience is going to connect. Like Bruno was kind of a song that was put together for all of the characters who didn't have a lot of singing and weren't going to get their own song. And so it wasn't like, and it just, but it just really works and it hit and it really connected with people. I don't know. That's, that's kind of interesting to me. I, my favorite part of the Oscars is the outfits and I love seeing Mm. what everyone wears. And I, Frankly, also kind of think it's brilliant now that almost everyone who's at the ceremony and goes to the after parties has a full outfit change now, which is like, this is great for me, a person who just wants to see the pretty dresses and the nice suits and the exciting, you know, accessorising and the styling. So that's my favourite part. I don't think I saw any kind of bad ones at the ceremony. Like I can't pin anyone of anyone being bad or I did see a fantastic TikTok that I'll have to send okay. you of um, a girl. Cause did you see Maggie Gyllenhaal, what Maggie Gyllenhaal was wearing? She was wearing this beautiful black dress. Mm. I can't remember who it was by, but off the shoulder, kind of like that box. Kind yeah. Of off the yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it had gold roses. Oh, cute. It. And there's a girl and she's wearing it. She wears a dress and then she picks up a Ferrero Rocher and opens <laughs> it up, eats the Ferrero Rocher and then sticks it on and then gets another one and sticks it on and sticks it on and sticks it on and sticks it on. Well, Maggie Gyllenhaal has The Ferrero Rocher. Oh, great. <laughs> she loved it. See, she loves yeah. getting roasted yeah. by the, the Ferrero Rocher. That's pretty lady. funny. Um, it was really, really funny. And I do love that kind but of commentary. I liked all the dresses. Yeah. Now, best dress for me is a toss-up between um, Jessica Chastain. Yes. Gucci. I actually liked what she wore afterwards even better. That was incredible. Did you? Have you seen her after yes, I party? Have. Oh, and I'm always a fan. Like a petroleum mm. blue colour. It was. I was a bit like, oh, I wish she'd worn that even. Like for her, I can imagine it would have been such. It would a have been a toss-up. They were both and incredible. I really, really loved. What Kirsten Dunst? Kirsten wore. Dunst. I loved that the sh- dress. The yes, no, she looked amazing. Red, beautiful. She looks, there are many colours that Kirsten, our queen, can wear. She, yeah, she, she did look really incredible good. in, and I just loved seeing her and Jessie nominated for the same film. It was very sweet. It was lovely. I yes. would put Lupita up there as Jessica Chastain is also Ooh, one of my like definitely top involved. there. Lupita. And did you see when she came out to present and it's Prada and there's a lot of those like really long metallic sequins that, that you know, mm. dance around when you move? Shimmied. She shimmied. Lupita has literally never looked bad in her life. Like she's always mm-hmm. incredibly well-dressed and in- amazingly styled, but it was like it was 
mm-hmm. amazing. And then she later got to be a meme, which was also exciting. We had a really lovely moment here when Troy Kotzer won his um, award for Best Supporting Actor um, because my girls are learning Auslan at school and so they've really got this big interest in sign language yeah. and they love it and they can really see the value in it and especially, I guess, in the last two years watching press conferences or coming in and out of the room when I'm watching press conferences yeah. and how good we've kind of gotten at making sure there's always an interpreter yeah. present. Um, so it's a big deal for my kids. And so they were so happy and they were so thrilled when they saw the audience do the sign for clapping. Yeah. yeah. When he won and for when Coda won. And it actually made me well up. Like it was a really beautiful moment. So anyway, we may never do an Oscars wrap up again. Anyway, we will talk to you in two weeks when we get to our podcast about Hot Fuzz. Thanks, guys. See you then. Bye. The mummy. At one point it was said how the Beatles had eaten him really, really slowly. But But. then later on down the track, these Beatles are like maniacs and can, can consume someone in three seconds flat. So what's the go there? I looked it up. And I read a theory that as because because this mummy has been cursed. Yes. This this body, the I I hop. Imhotep. Im, not, I don't know if not that's the international um, house of pancakes. <laughs> He's been cursed. Yes. There's a curse on him. So there is a theory that these beetles, while they've been eating him alive have kind of taken on his curse, which may be why they are now like maniac beetles that can just go and and eat someone. It makes sense and I love that level of overthinking about a movie that is not that deep. <laughs> Strictly ballroom. We will talk about we will continue to talk about Pat Thompson as Shirley Hastings oh, throughout she's this. She's just she is a the gift. best. And I was telling my eldest daughter last night how even when I was an eleven year old at the movies, I was obsessed with this woman. It was like <laughs> I made a choice in my brain then at eleven and and said, That's who I wanna be when I am older. It explains a lot of your Leotard choices <laughs> now that I think about it. I know. And then I said to my daughter, I said, Can you see that in me? And she said, <laughs> She goes, Yes, you can be very dramatic. And I'm a dance teacher and I wear oh, no. leotards I like that. And I love a unitard with a skirt over the top. Mm-hmm. And I love a big statement, clunky, plasticky, beady earring. Mm. Um and I am a little bit dramatic when I'm teaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big presence. So you'll be interested to hear this, Kate. So Barry Fife comes on screen. Yes. And my youngest, who is only six, um, looks at him and says, oh, my God, it's Donald Trump. <laughs> and I went, oh, my God. It kind, it of, kind is. of is. He is over tanned. He has a toupee on. Mm. He's got the same kind of shaped face. He's got that little bit of sleaze and mm. grossness and sweatiness about him. And this self-satisfaction, not necessarily based on quality or skill, yes. but just this – I've managed, to, I've managed to make my way to the top and be in charge. Yes. And I've got this kind of 
vibe about me. Bully. And I was just like, oh, my God, it is. It's it Donald is. Trump. Oh, yes. No. This so maybe Donald Trump looked at Strictly Boring <laughs> like I, and, and like me with Shirley, just saw himself in Barry Fife. And went for it. Or maybe Bill Hunter looked at, at, Trump, at Trump types and went, I understand this character. Yes. This is where I need to take it. Yes. No. Isn't that a great comparison, though? And one yeah. that I, because I've seen the movie so much, I don't see stuff like that. I see Barry Fife. I see Barry Fife. Yeah. Jojo Rabbit. I don't understand why Jojo says the, the Germans yeah, have oh, won. And this is the, is this the point is where we switch. Is he afraid of losing Elsa? I think he might be. But this is the part of the movie that we fully, and from now until the end of the movie, we completely switch into speaking German. No. I don't that remember that at all. Did that just happen on your Apple TV? Well, I watched it on Disney Plus last night and from this point they were all speaking in German. Sometimes my Apple TV just decides that I will be listening to it in German, in, in, like anything in German or Spanish sometimes. Can we pause for a yes, minute and can. go and check this? Because it was seriously from that point of the movie it switched into German. Okay. <laughs> and we're back. Okay, okay. we're back. <laughs> we just pause the recording to go and check whether or not the last five, ten minutes of Jojo Rabbit is in German for everybody. <laughs> it, it turns out it's not. Which is good, <laughs> good for me because I had a moment where I was like, wow, it's just swapped into another language and I, and I didn't notice. I'm, oh, no, I've lost touch with the reality. Spirited away. Who do you um, reckon my favourite character was? This is <laughs> – shall we do my new segment, Who Would You Like to Cosplay Now? Yeah. Totally. I would be oh you, Oh, my Baba. God. She's so good. But for a long time in the, the um, movie, <laughs> I thought they kept saying, your father, like that. <laughs> Like, like with a like Boston from Brooklyn or yeah. something. Like it was a bit confusing your for a little way. Like, oh, where's your father? Where's and your I father? thought they were talking about like where her dad was. And then, then the thought, it took me a long time to work out that they were singing Yababa. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, but I would totally be Yababa with all oh, of her jewels. The rings. Oh. And her big bobble head. She's so ostentatious. <laughs> it's so great. And the yeah. big full of fluffy dresses. Yes. The thing about Miyazaki is that. Since about 2005, he's constantly been – well, maybe not constantly, but it feels like he's constantly been talking about retiring and then he doesn't retire. And it's become a running joke about his career yeah. that – He's f- doing a fancy. He is doing a fancy. The last few movies have been like, this his is last, my final movie. His last tour. His last um, – this is the last the time, last guys. guys. <laughs> Knives out. Yeah. Joni, who's played by Tony Collette. Tony Collette. Side note, that's who I would cosplay as. <laughs> Yes. The Tony Sorry, Collette. Yes, our, our important segment. Yeah. Who, who would you cosplay yeah, as? Tony Collette. I thought about because there wasn't that many options, although the grandma, because Harlan's mum is also in it, and no one knows how old she is um, yep. because he's like 85. It's his 85th yes. birthday where everything kind of takes place. Um, and his mum's there. So maybe I'd play, maybe I'd cosplay as her. She's pretty cracker. It's she's in like a pile of coats, like Yay. she looks like a human pile of the clothing that everyone's taken off at a party and put yeah, on a lots chair. Of fur. She's wearing a random it's hat. It's pretty amazing. It's, yeah, maybe maybe I'll change my mind. Maybe I'd be her. Fun fact: 
Christopher Plummer at the t- well at the time of filming was seven years older than the actress who plays Nana. Oh, okay. That's how well preserved he was. Moisturized people. Yeah. Yeah. Sunscreen. Take care of your skin. Sunscreen, moisturizer. Have a good little uh, facial every now and then. Another fun fact: the guy who runs the security where they get the the tape from the yes. from that night. Oh. Now, do you do you remember what you've seen in him him yeah, in before? Amy? He's the he's from Romeo and Juliet. He's the apothecary. Yeah, I wrote the old dude from Romeo and Juliet because dude. I couldn't yeah. remember the word apothecary, but I should know that because of David Rose's apothecary. Um, yes. <laughs> Total Recall. I have always really loved the noises that Arnie makes when he's acting, when he's not vocal. Like, you know, his, his weird vocalisations that aren't speaking. And so we mm. get a whole bunch of those. Before he even gives us a line of dialogue, we just get a lot of... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, the Arn noises. Arnie noises, yeah. So Doug keeps, like, saying, like, I'd like to move to Mars. And, and Sharon Stone is like, let's have a, a holiday where we go on a cruise to Saturn. And then they go. To, he goes to recall. And that guy is like, no, maybe you just want, like, a cruise holiday implanted. Not Mars. Mars sucks. And his workmate is like, no, that's terrible. Doug takes nobody's advice, which no. is very important for the plot. But he must be an in- intensely frustrating person to live with. Yes. Because he just doesn't listen to anybody and he's obsessed with Mars. I love how he's talking to the recall guy and he's like, well, what about the lobotomy? And that guy's like, that doesn't happen anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> anymore. But it, but it did happen, dude. It yeah. did happen. Anymore. Holy shit, this is bad. Yeah, so she like sedates him and then starts asking him questions. <laughs> That's just a bad plan. Like in any scenario – like, don't sedate someone and then ask them the questions. No, I think it's a great plan because you're so much more likely to get honest answers when someone's like just that little bit Dose. off. <laughs> yeah, because it's immediate. She's like, okay, look, we'll like, here you go, ready for dream time. And I thought he was going to get knocked out, but no, he's just sedated. And then she's like, what's your sexual preference? This will go better if you tell us the truth. Hetero. And- <laughs> it's so 80s. His answer is, I'm a hetero. <laughs> Uh, of course you are, Arnie. Of course, like, of course. and I no, love that. No his one thought of, anything. His else. choice of woman is brunette, athletic, and sleazy. <laughs> yes, I know what you did last summer. This was peak Sarah Michelle Gellar. This was pre-Buffy, though. <gasps> wow, she fully does yeah. have that season one Buffy hair. So this came this came out around the same time that Buffy came out, but I'm pretty sure that this yep. was filmed. Before she got Buffy. So she's doing a like pageant queen thing. And we've got, you know, her three friends up in the stalls watching. Um, she talks about how she wants to become an actress and blah, de, blah, blah. And she we- is crowned Croker Queen. <laughs> with a love, I love her crown. Like it's mermaidy. It's described it's in my notes nautical. as fugly. But also I want oh. one. <laughs> So they drive on down to the docks and they throw the body into the ocean. But before um, before they do, Julie, like, wants to know who who it is. Um, no one wants her to, to find out. So Helen goes in to, like, get his wallet or to do something to the body. And as that happens, the body 
wakes up and grabs Helen's crown, which she's still wearing. Through all of this, she has not taken her <laughs> crown off. What commitment to being the croaker queen she is. She definitely had sex at the beach with her boyfriend wearing the crown. Yes, queen. Beautiful work. Yeah, understandable. Why are you still wearing it when you're trying to hide a body? I don't okay? know. That is the time to, to remove the crown. <laughs> Barry hits him and then pushes him in the water. Again, it's all and Barry. He, and then, you know, Helen's screaming about her crown. Oh, he's got my crown. So he do, he jumps in and goes down and gets the crown. Singing in the rain. Going outside and just being able to walk around without a mask on felt odd. I haven't really been allowed been out. Been <laughs> allowed out to like walk freely without a mask on oh, yet. Oh, no. So the only time I've been out was like yesterday to go to the supermarket and I just had my mask on while I was walk already yeah. walking into the supermarket. Yeah. So I haven't felt that the, the wind <laughs> the breeze in my on my lips again. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's just talk about teeth for a second in our teeth journey. So that we mentioned Zelda before and there is that guy and you're nodding because you know exactly who I'm speaking about and he goes, Zelda, oh Zelda and there's a huge close up of his big chompers. He, his eyes are popping. His teeth are very, very present. Yeah. I think I'd forgotten him and I noticed him a lot in this movie and I was really hoping you'd bring him up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, he's there with his teeth. There's another teeth moment later on oh, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then we cut to Don doing his coaching and he, it's all about tongue twisters. Mm-hmm. And Cosmo joins in and they start making fun of this guy and – they seem like two fun guys to hang around with, but you do get the sense that on the oh, studio lot, everyone else be. must be sick of them. Oh, it would, yeah. Look, I reckon day one on a, on a set, you're like, oh, this is fun. Day two, you're like, oh. I wish these guys <laughs> would knock it off. Day three, you're like, oh, fucking hell. I'm going to punch <laughs> these guys. Gremlins. <laughs> I don't think you would probably find some kind of a, an alien or fantasy creature. Like you never. Don't, come on, don't be so pessimistic. You never know. You never know what's going to shoot down from space into your backyard. I did spend a lot of my early childhood just being quite worried about being abducted by aliens. Mm. And I think I've that was affected by the media. i scar on my hand that appeared one day. I can't find it now. It's like this weird line that I have no recollection of how oh, – I can't find it um, – See, it's gone it's now. It's vanished now. <laughs> I see it every now and then and I go, hmm, I wonder if I've been chipped by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I tell my husband every now and then and he just looks at me and walks off. That's the correct <laughs> response. Oh, I can't find I can't even think of what hand it's on. Oh, there it is. Yeah. This scar here. This is oh yeah no I can see it now. See and I've got one was, here too. I was going to say this is like when Look. you were pointing at your forehead and telling me you didn't have a scar somewhere and you did. I've got another one. Oh. I've no idea how that happened. Obviously aliens. Obviously I've Obviously been abducted aliens. by aliens. Maybe that's why I have so many problems with hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that's great. Thank you for providing us the TikTok <laughs> moment. Book smart. The character of Amy is basically driving your first car. I know. I actually wrote that down in um, my notes. 
Yeah, I have a note. Hey, Amy, what was your first car? You drove a huge a tank of a Volvo. A 1977 Volvo. Mine was a sedan, though. Hers is like a, a, a it's wagon. Like a station wagon, um, yeah. Mine was a, a maroon sedan. The Beast. The Beast. It was so hard. And then I I remember I um like hit a parking pole once, like in the city, <laughs> like an actual like meetup. One of those bollards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Franklin Street just near the bus depot in the city in Melbourne. And um, mum was like, oh, see, that's why we made you get this car. And I'm like, uh, if I had a smaller car that had better steering, <laughs> I would not be hitting anything. <laughs> I only hit it because of the car. Because <laughs> it's like steering a huge ship. It was. I was and I, I remember I had was in uni and I remember a couple of the guys – Every now and then, like if they had to go down the street or something, I'd be like, yeah, mm. take my car. Um, and they would come back and they'd be like, oh, how do you even drive that? How do you park? And I was like, yeah, I like had muscles. I had <laughs> Volvo driving muscles when I was like I love it. 18. 